0: Tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And tonight we have Brennan and Dave and Jody, and we will hear from Hank and Craig a little later lots on the agenda tonight Uh, but I do want to mention that it is the start of the membership drive here at CFCR so if you don't have a membership there's lots of good perks you get discounts at stores you get to enter contests you get exclusive entry to some events and stuff so it's well worth putting your money down and it does support the station and keep us going so if you have any more questions about that you can always visit the website cfcr.ca or you can give them a call anytime at six six four six six seven eight okay let's get into it so dave you're going to talk about tv hank and craig are going to talk about tv brand's going to talk a bunch of music stuff whole big platform of things and uh if time permits i've got some cool comics that i want to talk about and maybe a movie too so we'll try to fit it all in but dave you're going to lead you're watching atlanta why should we watch atlanta
1: Well, there are lots of good reasons to watch Atlanta. I'm going to try to talk about this as spoiler-free as possible, because I know we're overwhelmed with a lot of great things to watch right now. It's been a four-year, I want to say, hiatus since uh, season two of Atlanta ended back in 2018. Donald Glover has played Lando Calrissian since then, and also done some Childish Gambino stuff, and... It, it, it really felt by the time I got to episode two of season three, like Atlanta had never gone away. I, I didn't go back and try to rewatch any of the uh, first two seasons to get back into this. And I, I feel like I probably didn't need to. Uh, I promise this is going to be spoiler proof, but uh, the first episode kind of makes it feel like maybe the whole third season is just going to go off in a completely different direction with some horror elements and a completely new cast of characters. I'm not too sure why it began that way. So it's, it's going to give fans a little taste of mystery in episode one. And then in episode two, we're going to get right back to our familiar characters, Earn, Darius, Paperboy, you know, Paperboy's out on tour. Earns back doing his duties as the road manager. And I, I guess the the main reason to watch this series is because there's really never been anything like it. It's it it defies classification. Even though it is very subtly funny, there are also some elements of horror. There's like a social drama going on. We've got. A certain amount of, of a romance element or as they prefer to call it on Atlanta some baby mama drama and it's just really refreshing to see this show back with all four wheels on the ground rolling straight down the highway and I, I, can't, I can't wait to watch episode three and if there wasn't so much great tv to watch right now I think I would be going back and re-screening the first two seasons of Atlanta. Just, it, it really wet my palate, I guess, you know, for, for some of those uh, for some of those lemon pepper, wet wings.
0: (laughs) Okay. Anything else you want to sum up with?
1: Uh, I guess just another thing I forgot about this show until I started watching it again was how great this cast is. Obviously, Donald Glover is like a generational talent, but you've also got Brian Tyree Henry playing Paperboy and Lakeith Stanfield as Darius. And it is just so nice to see these two guys back in action again and, and you know, just breathing that same old life into these familiar characters. There's a moment in episode two where Ern has cause to remark Uh, that he respects a rebrand. And that's kind of what this feels like it is. Even though it's the same old show under the same old name, it feels like they almost had to rebrand it a little just to make that four-year leap back into our living rooms again.
0: Okay, well, there's your recommendation. Okay, we're going to throw it over to Hank and Craig a little earlier than we usually do because they have a lot of other TV that they want to recommend too. Um, Mink's. Uh, the thing about Pam, and then the trials and tribulations of when a show ends on a cliffhanger and then gets canceled. Craig has some scathing words about archive, so take it away, fellas.
2: Hey everybody, it's Craig Sullivan here on Punch Radio on CFCR ninety point five FM, and I am joined as always by my good buddy Hank Cruz. And uh, you know what? Like, we're not really going to talk about the Oscars tonight. It's sort of been talked about to death all week. Uh, but you know, I can let you know we've definitely had some <laughs> conversations about it. Uh, uh, we're focus whoa, on some Craig, other stuff.
3: whoa, whoa! I oh. do. I promised I would mention this on the radio that. And I know that you know, but for the two billionth time, my sister beat me. Okay, so my sister Tanis beat me again. She beat me by one. She got twenty-four out of, or twenty-two out of twenty-three, and I got twenty-one out of twenty-three. So, yes, listeners, I lost again. I. It's very embarrassing, but there I did it. I did my part. Well, I told her I'd say if that. If it makes so you
2: that. feel any better, you weren't the most you you didn't lose the biggest that night you weren't the biggest loser and you know, other people should be way more embarrassed for what uh, what happened that
0: yeah, night
3: you should uh, but enough but, about that better luck next year that's what i say <laughs>
2: yeah. uh chris rock for host next year that's what i yes. say what what do you got for us today
3: oh let's let's go to tv okay so big mouth uh big mouth everybody loves the yep. big mouth human resources the uh the Office version of Big Mouth is out on Netflix. I watched all of that. Love it. Season two of my favorite show, Star Truck. Starstruck. Wow. Starstruck! I can say I'm just so excited. So excited about this. Uh, is on HBO Max or Crave in Canada. The first season was amazing. So second one, I'm not going to talk about it. I've talked about it before. Watch it. My new favorite show is Minx, which is an HBO Max show. They're showing it on Crave again here in Canada. So it's set in the 70s where a young feminist from Los Angeles joins forces with a low rent publisher to create the first women's erotic magazine. And what it really starts off as, as uh, she wants to create a feminist magazine with all of these hard hitting uh, articles and stories and everything. And she takes it to like a, uh, a publisher's fair. Where you go and meet with all these magazine publishers to pitch your idea, and of course nobody's going for it until finally the one guy that was like, you know what, that's a good idea, makes all these uh, adult erotic magazines, and so finally convinces her that if she adds some naked dudes to the magazine, people will buy it and they'll read it. And it came out at the same time as when Burt Reynolds was naked, and I think it was Cosmo magazine or something, uh, and so
2: Playgirl, but I can't remember yeah. There's
3: something, and it went crazy. So everyone's got this now and they're like perfect. So it was the perfect time to release this magazine. And I mean, uh it's funny, it's witty. Uh all the actors are great. Uh, everybody should watch the show. And um the other one is the thing about Pam. Have you heard about that?
2: Uh that is that the one with uh Renee Zellweger?
3: It is. It is. So the thing about Pam, it's on Global here in Canada. It's an NBC or Peacock show in the States. Based on the 2011 murder of uh, this Betsy woman um, that resulted in her husband um, being convicted, but he didn't do it, and uh, so in the end, this uh, Pam, uh, who Renee Zellweger is playing, uh, is the one that comes up with this diabolical scheme to like Killed this woman right that's not a spoiler they talk about it in the first episode so uh three episodes are out now i've watched them all um i find it intriguing normally i do not enjoy renee zellweger at all in this one she's perfect because you're supposed to hate pam within i don't know two minutes on screen i'm like i hate pam like it is just she's so good the internet is upset because renee uh is wearing uh what uh, i would say in quotes is a fat suit yeah um, because as an actor, she wanted to look like the person she's portraying, so with hair and makeup and whatever the extra stuff she put on there, well the internet doesn't like that. Also, the internet doesn't like that they've turned a uh, what happened as being a murder into a, in quotes again, comedy. Well, it's not a comedy, it's a dark comedy drama. Um, and if you read about the real case, um, there's really not a lot of over-exaggeration in this show. Like right. all this stuff, like really, like it was very over the top. The police are crazy. Uh, the prosecutor and the judge are like best friends and somehow that's okay. Like it turns into like this whole thing. So normally Renee Zellweger, I'm not into it, but I would recommend this show. Um, I, I It's been a fun watch if you can say fun about a show about somebody getting murdered. They even have a how the grinch stole christmas style voiceover narration to it which really adds to the show you gotta right.
2: watch it, so. yeah i mean i am fine with all those things i don't see why you can't tell a story in any way you want about whatever people can choose not to like it or not no, and i mean in terms it. of the fat suit it's like what is she supposed to like pull a christian bale and gain a bunch of weight like
3: i, I don't i especially don't know as what a woman of
2: the age that she's at like it'd be really hard to get rid of that weight doesn't it make a lot more sense to just you know use special effects and makeup like that's what it's for
3: yeah and she's not that big so it's not like you know some like over the top for you know comedy that they would have done you know like uh, uh mike myers you know would have right. dressed up from a huge you know to like years ago and that was funny which it's not anymore but uh yeah it's not um, fat like,
2: jokes it's like but she's not that
3: big like she looks like a like a normal So i i don't understand but uh, any who watch it it's
2: good well, I approve if they ever make a movie about me, I approve the use of some fat, uh fat suit, uh you know, technology. And can
3: I say this now that uh I, you know what, you don't have to pay me, I will play Craig in the movie. Um You, you don't have to you'll save a bunch of money, you don't have to pay me, I'll just do it for free.
2: There you go. You win best picture, you can slap out Chris Rock, it'll all work out.
3: I'll slap uh, so
2: I want to talk about uh Archive 81. Uh, which is on netflix uh, and it was produced by like james wan like the, the horror director uh, i think it's based on a podcast originally but it's a about uh, a guy named dan who is hired by a mysterious company to restore video footage of a grad student's documentary project on an apartment building that burnt down so uh, her name is melody and so she sort of made all these tapes Uh, exploring this building and she kind of cops onto this weird like cult or something that's going on. And he's slowly piecing these tapes back together to find out what happened while also kind of exploring a mystery that involves his family a little bit and other stuff. The show itself, it kept me going, but it was like, every episode was pretty slow burn which is fine i don't mind that it's i mean it's it's fine uh but you'd kind of be like "Uh, am i getting kind of bored by this show about like three quarters of the way through each episode and then by the end they'd have some big kind of cliffhanger and you'd be like okay i gotta come back for the next one right uh but in the end of the season a little bit of a spoiler here but not. i won't tell you anything about the story but like it had a a cliffhanger basically like they didn't really wrap up the story they left it as a cliffhanger i think that's i mean we've talked about this before it's it's insane when they do this uh it's it's, a jerk move. yeah Don't it's such it. a jerk move now you can You can have a cliffhanger, but you've sort of wrapped up the main story, and now you're just giving a bit of a thread for next season, like, whoa, then this happened, like, you know, it sort of spins the action around in another direction for a new season, but the main story you've been following all season is done. No, they didn't do that. They, like, completely left it at a cliffhanger, and I was like, screw that, like, I was barely in with the show as it is, like, definitely not coming back for, uh, to find out what happened. I don't care enough about these characters, and then they go and they canceled the show a few like a couple of days ago <laughs> last week sometime so i'm like there you go like what was the point of making a show that ends on a cliffhanger like that when you did de- when you never know if you're even going to get that second season so do,
3: do you feel like you wasted your time then because you don't know what happens in that cliffhanger that you put that time into watching it and now you're like I, you can't get that time back
2: i i definitely feel i would say Yeah, 80% that I wasted my time watching that show because it didn't come to any solid ending or anything. Like, you know, even a show like Dark, I watched the first season and I loved it. And then I watched the second season and it just got a bit too like convoluted and confusing and it was building on what they did in the first season. So there's just so much going on. And I was like, I I can't watch any more of this. It's just not working for me. But I don't like hold any ill will towards it. They didn't kind of screw me over. It just didn't really work. When you put that cliffhanger in there like that, that's a a screw job, man, for sure. And then they end up canceling the show anyway. So, I mean, I wouldn't have watched it anyway. So whatever, but, you know, Uh, I was going to talk about something else winning time this week, but why don't we just save that till next week? because we are out of time we got to go back to jody here but i'm going to say don't watch archive 81 skip it fine skip it all right okay back to jody see you later
0: okay thank you very much so also want to put in a plug before we get going again here too that uh there's a new episode of punch tv so got you got to put that on your must see tv list for april our new episode is about local writers including craig siliphant's new book so We have a feature on that in the new episode. So you can check that out on YouTube and you can also check it out on our Facebook page. And it's also on Shaw this month. So lots of goodness happening. All right, let's shift. Brennan, let's talk music. You've been to a concert, you've read some cool comics and there's a cool graphic novel that are music related. So give us the skinny.
4: There you go. So yes, we have a music theme and what's interesting I guess the way the world works out. I was actually going to talk about this last week, but I got so excited reading comics. I forgot to mention it. So I'm mentioning it this week, but then other music things fell into my lap. So the universe said, talk about music. So a couple of weeks ago I was at a meeting and I was driving home and I was going down Broadway and I looked at the marquee as I'm opt to do, to see what was happening and what was up and exciting. And it just said in the marquee in big letters, Godspeed, you black emperor. 8 p.m. And I'm like, wait, that's, that's tonight. Like that's happening in about three hours. So I went home, I had a bite to eat, I changed my shirt, I went back to the Broadway theater. Now, luckily, it wasn't sold out. And it was so nice to be at an actual big concert in a big room with people again. When I was sitting there waiting for the show to begin, I finally realized I've been to some smaller shows, you know, a few, but this was the first one at the Broadway theater, at least for me, like the first time with a bunch of people around. When I went to get my ticket, I was talking to the person at the front and I said, is it sold out? And she said, well, no, there's a few tickets left. But considering they're still asking people to sit two seats apart and be spread out and wear masks and things in the theater, I think it was pretty much as sold out as you could almost get. So it was awesome to see the turnout. If you don't know, Godspeed, uh, You Black Emperor are sort of this um, amazing alt rock soundscape, drone rock, art house band. If you've ever been been to a soundscape show before, the artist will usually come out and they'll perform for the length of their show, whether it's one long song that takes an hour and a half or whether it's some shorter songs. You don't usually interact with the audience. You just go and perform. And when the show is over, you walk off. Um, And that's exactly what uh, Godspeedy Black Emperor did. Uh, For a band that obviously gets no radio play because it's, again, long drone sounds that will have uh, the occasional riff and hook come around through it this is not the kind of thing you play at your new year's eve party i mean i guess it depends on who your friends are but this is like sit down and i'm going to obs- let this absorb the opening group which i wish i would have looked it up but i forget was a solo artist and they had a projection of what looked like a drape that was floating in the wind and it would change saturation with light and he had a chaos pad and a laptop, and he basically made sounds that went along with the drapes for 40 minutes. And when that was done, he turned off his laptop, and he waved and walked off the stage. And I'm like, I cannot wait for the rest of the show. Now, for some of you, you might already think this does not sound like a good time, uh, but it was. So then uh, Godspeed Black Emperor came out. There's a band, um, I can't quite say their name on, on the air, but on, on commercial radio, they call themselves Holy F. And they're a Canadian alternative band. I saw them for the first time at the Canadian stage at a music festival in England. I forget which one it was now. And they're like the dance version of God Speedy Black Emperor. It's all improvised. It's all, there's some sample, there's some live sounds they make, but it's a lot more catchy and it's very dancing. It's very artsy dance kind of music. Okay. They almost seem like the young scrap, they're like the Teen Titans, They're the young scrappy group. They're like, hey, look what we can do. And then Godspeed Black Emperor comes out and they're like the Justice League. And they're like, all right, sit down. We're going to show you how it's done. Uh, Two guitars, two basses, uh, violin player, uh, two drummers, which I loved. They would go from a drum kit to standing bongos and they would switch like one cymbal over every time. I don't know why. And they would show up and they just started. And it was like this wash of of sound at first, you know, just put like five minutes of, Uh, a combination of feedback and ambient noise. Um, And they had two uh, 16 millimeter cameras that were projecting onto the screen. So they had video projection that actually went with the music. And it was neat when they'd go quiet, you could actually hear the projectors running in the background. So even the sound of the projectors became part of the show. And while I was listening to it, I was making mental notes of some of the songs for another project I want to do. And essentially they played uh, their record Luciferian towers from front to back and same thing. They came out, they started this, a wash of sound for over an hour. They walked off the stage and for about five minutes, we just had this reverberating slight feedback sample of all their instruments going. And then two members came out, which I think are the original two members. They used to be a two piece. And now they have, you know, this five or six piece and one by one, they just started shutting off the amps until it was like quiet. And then they walked off the stage. It was great. It's like such a great combination of soundscape and art house that has this weird rock and roll hook to it every once in a while. So if that seems like something you would like, check out God's Speedy Black Emperor. If it's something you think you don't like, you should still check it out. It's really groundbreaking, the stuff they do. And uh, it was it was a really, really great show. So I'm sorry you missed it because it was two weeks ago, but go to your local record store and buy it. I did buy the record. I have it on vinyl. It came with a poster and everything. I went to buy the CD to put it in my car and I'm like wait a minute why would I buy the CD when I can listen to it digitally. So I have the record there's a poster inside I haven't opened it yet but there you go. So that was my live performance pick from from 2 weeks ago.
0: Wow, that sounds awesome. Like I feel super sad that I didn't go. Like your review of it makes me wish I'd been there.
1: If they come back I will let you know.
0: Okay. Cool. You, what other You should new- have
1: been there, Jody, because uh, you you have you won't mind me saying that you have skinny fists. I do, and uh, this is a band who who prompts audiences to lift their skinny fists to heaven. So <laughs> you would have been able to do that.
0: I will. I will make a note to raise my skinny fists in uh, respect to to the to the band. So okay. Well, I look forward to having an opportunity to do that with them sometime in the future okay let's talk some of the comics and stuff that are music related because this is one that I put in your in your hands with my skinny fist and that is the the Frankenrocker, which is a really kind of far out comic I really enjoyed it I loved all the colors um it's about a punk band who are gonna maybe save the universe we're not really sure yet but uh the, the first issue even though it was kind of skinny had like actually a lot of meat to it what, what were your impressions Brennan it was really
4: fun uh, I agree so uh, it, it's through bad kids press which I've never heard of before um, but I really enjoyed this book so it, it does start off with the gray house being attacked by some reptiles and so you figure out if you're at all into alien lore it's the grays being attacked by the reptilians if you're a conspiracy person there's this whole thing that the reptilian shape shifters are actually in charge of the world. And the greys are the good aliens that are actually protecting us here on earth. It's a whole battle, but apparently the greys are on their own planet being attacked by reptilians. They need to go find as a champion to help them defeat the reptilians. And so two of the greys are sent to earth and here they find Frankenstein as the leader of a punk band. It's super fun. It's colorful as anything. It has this weird combination. It reminded me a bit of like, uh, Ed Pisker, Peter Begg meets rock, like 1960s rock posters <laughs> um, with a little bit of everything thrown in between. What I really enjoy is that uh, Frankenstein keeps saying how true his music is and how how punk is and how real punk is and how pure it is. And as someone who, who plays in an unabashed, well, a demolition rock band that people call punk, reading that part really made me happy. You know, we've had the DC death metal thing. We've had like some metal comics, but it was nice to see like a punk themed book where he's like, you not. we're not making money. We're here for the music. I love it. You know, until he's visited by aliens and then things change. So yeah, it's, it was really fun. I really liked it. Like even as some of the spread pages This looked like this could be like, that could be an, I mean, you can't see it at home, but if you could, there's two aliens looking at a music poster and it looks like a poster that could have been for like, I don't know, Frank Zappa circa 1971 or something, you know? Um, so yeah, it was really good. It was really fun. If you can find a copy of it, I would definitely go check it out. It was a really fun read. I'm actually curious to see how far, it go- one of four, so a short run, but uh, we'll see where it goes. It was fun.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is written by Royal Torres and the art is by Lucas Kowalchuk. And yeah, it feels like a lot of the pages do feel like album covers, sort of that forbidden dimension kind of kind of mm. to it. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm curious to see where this goes and I will subscribe to it so that I can get my mitts on it because uh, I don't think it's going to be a very widespread uh, distribution on that one for sure. All right, um, and you said that there's a graphic novel of Carmen
4: coming in? There is, so the Arizona Opera, company is spearheading a Kickstarter to have Carmen adapted into a graphic novel. So it's being written by opera singer and director Alex Schrader. The artwork is going to be by P. Craig Russell, who is also known for his ad- adaptations of Mozart's The Magic Flute, Strauss's Salome, and, and Wagner's Ring Cycle. So he seems to be the one whose job is to take an opera and make it into a graphic novel. I have The Magic Flute. And I had to double check the date because I remember having it for a long time and I double checked. That was back in like 1990. So it seems about once every five to 10 years he makes one of these books. So there you go. So he'll be doing the artwork. Um, and I, I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong. anaki I think, uh, uh, from Catwoman is doing pencils. And uh, Hassan Atmane Alhio from Red Sonia is doing the lettering. And so as part of their campaign, if you go to Kickstarter, there are other famous artists, that are donating prints and things. So if you think you like to, you know, see Carmen as a graphic novel because you just like to read your opera, uh, go check it out. You can put money in now, get cool prints.
0: Okay, do it now, don't hesitate. All right, two books that came out this week that I just wanna quickly mention, Hulk Grand Design, this is Jim Rugg's version of the Hulk Empire. And this is a lot like X-Men Grand Design that Ed Kisker did a few years ago where it basically tells the whole Hulk story. It is amazing. I'm super pumped about it. Great looking book. Even if you're not into Hulk at all, just pick it up because the art is super cool. Old school, you'll love it. And the other interesting book that came out this week is uh, Ashley Wood and Chris Ryle are back with um, more Zombies versus Robots. I love Ashley Wood's art. I'm not usually the big fan of his comics, but this is actually not that bad. So if you wanna jump on board and figure out what he's all about, you should check it out. And that wraps up an episode of Punch Radio. It goes by quick folks. And uh, don't forget to support CFCR with our membership drive and get yourself a sweet membership and be one of us. Gibble gobble, gibble gobble, one of us. And in the meantime, Keep your skinny fists up.